In the birth of our nation, there were many who prayed. They had come to this land to worship in freedom. They had come to this land seeking to escape oppression. And they prayed that God would answer their prayers that this nation could at last be independent. And so we celebrate on July the 4th, Independence Day, as we declared our independence. And then over the years that came after that extraordinary declaration, God answered those prayers. Now we we, we think in, in those terms, when we think about prayer, we think of the prayer and then the answer to the prayer. But the reality is we need to think one step further. We not only need to think in terms of prayer, we, we desperately need to pray. We, we need God's intervention in our life, in our families, in our nation. We need to pray. And we pray because we know God answers. Now, He doesn't always answer yes. Sometimes He answers no. What you're asking for is not the best for you. And in His wisdom, He doesn't give us what we ask for. And yet, He blesses us far beyond what we could ever imagine. Sometimes His answer is wait. I am going to do what you're planning, you're asking for me to do, but it's not the right timing. And then sometimes God answers in that moment. But He always answers our prayers. But we need to respond to that answer. How do you give an answer to an answered prayer? We need to respond as individuals. We need to respond as a nation. God has answered the prayers of our forefathers. He's answered our prayers as He continues to allow us to live in freedom. We need to answer the answered prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 24. Hannah provides us with a wonderful example of how to answer an answered prayer as she responds in both obedience and praise. Now let's recap the story to this point. We began looking at this last week. Hannah had been unable to have a child until God answered her fervent prayer. You remember from last week that her prayer was so fervent when when a priest saw her there praying, he thought she was drunk. Instead, she was desperately crying out for God to answer her plight. And she had promised that if God would answer her prayer, she would give her son dedicated back to the service of God. And in fact, God answers that prayer. She has a son. She names him Samuel. His name is an extraordinary blessing. A reminder that God hears. We looked at all of that last week. But the first chapter of 1 Samuel records also the rest of the story. As Hannah, at the appropriate time, brings Samuel back to serve God with the priests. The story is found here in 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 26. 
And she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Hannah's first answer to her answered prayer was very straightforward and yet probably one of the most difficult things she ever had to do. We're going to see how Hannah responds to God's answer to her prayer with obedience. Hannah had prayed for God to do something amazing, something miraculous, something that only God could do, and then God did it. After all those agonizing years of desperately wanting a child, now Samuel had been born. This baby she had dreamed about, she now held in her arms. That prayer was now a reality. It was a living, breathing, cooing reality. And no doubt, as she looked into Samuel's face, she saw a little bit of her face, a little bit of her husband's face, a little bit of maybe some of the rest of the family. Every time she looked at this precious bundle of joy, she was reminded of the extraordinary way God had answered her prayer. And then she does something almost unthinkable. As soon as the boy was able, she brings him back to the temple and and does as she vowed that she would do. She gives Samuel to serve the Lord. I'm a parent. I, I can't even begin to imagine what that would have been like. But there are some important things to, to remember here. Uh, first of all, Hannah does this willingly, even joyfully. With, with Samuel, she brings a sizable offering, according to verse 24, an offering of thanksgiving. She doesn't bring Samuel out of some grudging sense of duty. She, she brings him with, with a joyful anticipation of being able to see her son serve the Lord. Now, there's some things we don't know. We're not told in the Scripture exactly what happened, but, but we're given some, some clues. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11 records that after Hannah goes and, and gives uh, Samuel over to Eli the priest, Her husband, Elkanah, is recorded in verse 11 as returning home. But that verse, interestingly, doesn't mention Hannah returning home. It's possible that she may have stayed with Samuel there at the temple, helping to raise him. We don't know that for sure, but it certainly could be possible, helping to make that transition a little bit easier for him. And then verse 19 in 1 Samuel chapter 2 records how Hannah would return every year during the time of annual sacrifice and she would bring a new robe that she had made for Samuel each year. Still, this this step of obedience would have been tremendously difficult but extraordinarily significant. The training Samuel had received would have prepared him for that day when God would use him in an extraordinary way during a very difficult time in the history of the nation of Israel. Samuel had learned to listen to God 
and worship Him in a way that He never would have been able to learn had He stayed at home. God was not only working by answering Hannah's prayer, He was working to prepare for the future of the nation of Israel. And He did all of that as Hannah answers her answered prayer through obedience. So many times our reaction to prayer is a little bit short-sighted. When God doesn't answer immediately or when He doesn't answer the way we wanted Him to answer, we, we begin to make assumptions based on extremely incomplete information. It's like the guy who who goes into the supermarket, but he only goes to the checkout checkout aisle. And so he assumes that the store only has gum, Slim Jims, and Soap Opera Digest. Now, Now, the store has a bunch of other stuff, but he never gets back there. He's just there at the checkout aisle. Now, that's bad enough. But imagine this guy trying to live on gum and Slim Jims. Somehow I'm guessing that's not going to be a very healthy diet. And if the only information he receives is from Soap Opera Digest, he's not exactly going to be a well-informed citizen. Hannah could have chosen to just look at what she could see. And even... She could have chosen to just look at the negative that she was losing this son that she had only just received. But that's not how she saw it. Giving her son in service to the Lord was not losing him. She was obedient to what she could see. God had answered her prayer and so she would be obedient to her vow. And she was willing to trust God with what she could not see. There was no way that she could see into the future how God was going to use Samuel in an incredible way. But God, she trusted God. She was willing to allow God to do what only God could do. And because of her faith, Samuel was available for training that would be invaluable to him as later on he would serve the Lord. The interesting thing is we get to choose how we respond to God's answers to our prayers. Now, we can get upset when He doesn't answer with what we want, or we can respond in obedience, trusting God that He knows best, that, that, that He knows what we cannot know. We can share our faith even when from our perspective there doesn't seem to be any response. We can minister to others even when in in our eyes that ministry is just a drop in the ocean of need. Now now what we see is what's at the checkout stand. (laughs) All we can see is the Slim Jims and the gum. We don't see all the amazing things that God has in store. 
Hannah doesn't just respond with obedience. She does something else that's also just as vital. In addition to responding to God's answer to her prayer with obedience, she also responds with praise. Now, that might seem the logical thing to do. I mean, after all, God had answered her prayer, and and so it, it only seems logical that she would give praise to God. It might seem that way, but how many times do we forget that part? Hannah didn't. 1 Samuel 2 records her prayer of thanksgiving. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Hannah did not see what she had done as a great sacrifice, though it most certainly was. I remember when our first daughter was born, and and a few weeks after she was born, I had to go to a a youth camp, and I was away for a week, and it felt like I'd fallen off the face of the earth. I just couldn't wait to get back. It was a big sacrifice, what Hannah did. But Hannah saw something beyond the sacrifice. She saw the celebration of what God had done and the anticipation of what God was going to do, and she responds to that, with a song of praise. Now her words are echoed in the words that one day Mary would sing in Luke chapter 1 verse 46 and following. And I don't think that's any accident that the Lord worked it out that way. Because Samuel becomes a big part of the story that will eventually bring the Messiah into the world. But Hannah didn't know that. She just knew that this precious child was a gift from God. She knew God had special days in store for him as he served the Lord. And so she celebrates. She gives praise to God for this answer to her prayer and for her opportunity to acknowledge him in praise. You may remember a few months back when the New England Patriots defeated the Atlanta Falcons in the 2017 Super Bowl. The morning after, depending upon where you lived, the headlines were a little bit different. The New York Post, their headline was, Cheat Your Heart Out. That was a reference to the Deflategate controversy, if you remember all of that. In Loveland, Colorado, the reporter Herald had the headline, New Wingland, New England with wind, anyway. Now, if you lived in Atlanta, the headlines were a little bit different. The Atlanta Journal-Herald, their big headline was, Anatomy of a Collapse, How the Falcons Blew It in the Super Bowl. And then there is the early edition of the Boston Globe. If you'll remember, the Super Bowl looked like the Falcons were going to win until the final quarter. And apparently somebody started running the paper a little early because the original headline was Bitter End. Fortunately, they corrected that before it got out to the street. And they had corrected the headline to a win for the ages. It all depends on your perspective. 
Hannah could have seen what was happening as a terrible sacrifice and loss. She was leaving her, her, her son, her, her firstborn, her only child. She was leaving him there to serve God when he could have been home playing in her home. She, he could have been helping out, could have been doing all the things. that She could have focused on all the negative parts of what had happened. But she chose a different perspective. She saw God's extraordinary gift, this, this son that she had prayed for, now would be used in the service of the God who had answered her prayer. And, and she could not have seen how extraordinary it really was going to be. Samuel would be instrumental in anointing David as the king of Israel, who would then become a part of the lineage of Jesus. Folks, we have reason to praise God when he answers our prayer. We have reason this week, when Tuesday we all take a moment to stop and celebrate this great nation. We have reason to give thanks to God. We have reason to praise God. Now, we're not a perfect nation. We have a lot of problems. We have a lot of things that we need to do better. But, oh, we can celebrate the freedom that God has given us, especially the freedom to worship Him, to serve Him in whatever way we feel God leading us to do. What an extraordinary blessing and opportunity that is. We can give praise to God. For what he has done. And then we don't even know the half of it. We don't see all the ways that God is at work. We don't know all the results his answers to prayer are going to bring in days ahead. So next time God answers your prayer, answer back. Answer your answered prayer with obedience and praise. Heavenly Father, help us to recognize how you answer prayer. This week we have a perfect example of that. How you answered the prayers of our forefathers to create this wonderful nation, to allow us to have the freedoms that we enjoy today. God, help us to answer that answered prayer. To use the freedoms that you have given us to serve you. Even this morning, Heavenly Father, there may be those praying right now. Perhaps there's someone here, they're praying for an answer to the desperation they feel deep within their soul. They're wondering if you love them. God, help them to see you've already answered that prayer in a profound and amazing way by sending your Son to die on the cross and rise again so that they could have eternal life. God, help them see that right now, right here today, and respond to that answered prayer through obedience and faith. God, there may be other prayers that are being prayed right now. Prayers for help in an area of life. Prayers for a place to serve. Prayers for a church where they can worship God. Just help them see the answer that you have given Help us respond through obedience and praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.